kamikaze kangaroos out there in the gaffer. What an interesting mashup of Nipponese and Australian culture. And yet, this is exactly how that rodent from our coat of arms comports itself. Logan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. Australia only. Website. Card. Now, I've got this question here from Michaelia Webb, whose nickname is doubtless Spider, or at least it is now. Anyway, Spider says, I drive from Rockhampton to Middlemount two times a week. I had to look up Middlemount. I had no idea. It's 275 k's sort of northwest of Rockhampton inland, obviously. So roughly the same sort of distance as Sydney to Canberra, a bit more in the boonies. And if you go on the southernmost route around the National Park to get there, you actually go through a place called Dingo. And I am moved to wonder if there is a creek that goes through that location. I've never been there. Anyway... She goes there twice a week, so that's 550 return trip, 1,100 k's a week. That's a fair bit of driving out there in the boonies in Kamikaze Kangaroo Central, is it not? Okay, it is essentially a rural highway that is all bitumen. I currently have a Kia Cerato 2020, which I'm looking at upgrading. I've fallen in love with the Kia range. I didn't know such a thing was possible, I mean... Love is different for everyone, I guess. However, I'm unsure whether it is safe enough for rural highway driving and how it will go if I hit a kangaroo, as you can't really put a bull bar on it. Any suggestions? Okay, so I get this. Hitting kangaroos is a thing. I've come close several times. I came close once driving from Steep Point in the west, as you look at it, over to Sydney in the east, which is the longest east to west drive you can kind of do. I guess if you went to Byron Bay, it'd be you know, that much longer. But anyway, 4,000 k's right through the guts of Australia. I've driven from uh, Cairns to Cape York once, and I've driven all the way from Darwin to Adelaide about three times. So there's that. Come close a couple of times hitting kangaroos, but never actually cleaned one up. Done a lot of rural driving, basically. And I'd suggest that there's a couple of things to unpack here. The first thing is that you've got to mitigate this risk because you know that it exists. This is irrespective of what car you're driving, right? The way to mitigate the risk of kangaroo impact is not to drive at times where they are most active, when you can. Obviously, sometimes you have to. But at other times, when there's a choice, don't drive at dawn and dusk because this is the time, A, when human eyesight is kind of compromised and, B, those rodents are particularly active. If you must drive at those times, then drive at a reduced speed. So drop back to 80 or something instead of 100. And that really does slash your stopping distance in an emergency. So you see a kangaroo come around a band, you see a kangaroo rodent wishing to kill itself right there in front of you, like dead centre in the crosshairs, which is exactly where you don't want it to be. If you're doing 100, it's going to take you whatever to stop. If you're doing 80, it's going to take you about one third less distance to stop because small distances in travel speed make a huge difference to stopping distance, okay? Because of the relationship between speed and energy, obviously, energy is proportional to the square of speed and you've got to bleed the energy away to come to a stop. 
right? So do that. And the other thing I really would suggest here is to do an advanced driving course, right? Like basic level one car control course at a racetrack, get instruction from somebody who actually knows how to drive because you will learn a whole bunch of things that you will take with you everywhere and it'll be an advantage every time you drive a car. See, in Australia, we have this curious mentality where a bull bar is the solution to hitting a kangaroo and I'd suggest that you still hit the kangaroo, right? The solution to hitting a kangaroo is learn how not to hit one. It's really simple. Okay, Most people in Australia have no idea how to brake in an emergency. They don't learn the fundamentals like target fixation. If you've got a kangaroo in front of you and you look at it, you'll probably hit it. Whereas if you're trained enough, and it obviously helps if you played contact sport as a kid, but if you learn to look away from the threat and look at the solution rather than the problem, the solution might be hit the brakes hard, reduce speed to the extent that's possible, and then swerve. Only swerve if it's safe. And safe meaning three parts to a swerve. There's swerve, avoid the obstacle, and recover control before you have a head-on collision or hit a tree, right? Three parts. They're all not negotiable. If you can do that safely, then do it. But in order to do the swerve safely, you've got to know how to brake, to reduce your speed, to maximise your manoeuvring capability during the swerve. Then you have to look away from the threat and figure out the solution in real time. Swerve, avoid, recover control. Okay? Do it on a racetrack where you've only got, you know, orange cones to hit. Okay? And then just, you've got to drive aware, both hands on the wheel and ready. You know, you just most, it, it galls me that this should be intrinsic to the licensing process and yet it's not, okay? Most people don't know how to do this. The first time most people execute an emergency stop or a swerve is during an emergency. And I think you'd agree it would be poor, <laughs> if Qantas trained the friggin' pilots that way. Let's train for the emergency in the simulator, right? And let's do it dozens and dozens of times. And then when you have an engine failure between V1 and V2, the reaction to that is just instinctive. So now, like if I go for a drive and I have to swerve, I just swerve. It's a piece of software that I've already loaded and it just runs. So that's kind of where driving should be. The, the thing about bull bars, okay, that is never really spoken about, it's never spoken about in the four-wheel drive publications because obviously those publications want TJM and ARB to continue to advertise, but I'd like to see the proper crash test of a car with a bull bar because the obvious risk with a bull bar is that you can protect the external panels of the car by bolting a bull bar to it. And you can think that that is a two thumbs up solution to the problem of kangaroo strike. But I'd suggest that this opens the door. Anybody who studied physics in a real way would know that having a bull bar in front of a car is going to change the crash performance of the car. And there's this real choreographed sequence of events designed to save your life in a crash, right? And it involves the detection of the crash and thresholds being met that mean that the seatbelt pretensioner comes into action and 
pulls you square and takes out the slack and then the airbag deploys at some point in time after that and begins to deflate just as you kind of interact with it, right? And all of these things are so precisely worked out that if you stick a big steel thing in front of the car, what's likely to happen is that it's likely to change the timing of all of that and not in a good way. So these companies, you know, TJM and ARB, for example, they've got massive resources. They could afford to do definitive crash tests of their bull bars and they could demonstrate by virtue of the data that is yielded from tests like that that these things did not interfere with the crash pulse at all. And I'd have to suggest that there must be a reason why that has not been done. And I'll leave it to you to infer what that is. But I would never bolt a bull bar to a vehicle that I own because I wouldn't want to protect the car and put myself at greater risk in a serious crash, right? As far as I'm concerned, the car is friggin' sacrificial. What I want to do is walk away and look at a mangled heap of metal and go, Jesus, those engineers did a really good job protecting me. I don't care if I sacrifice the car. I don't want to be sacrificed. And I'd suggest that in these high mechanism crashes, you need every possible advantage. And I wouldn't want to have that unknown of having the bull bar there reducing my likelihood of survival. So Michaelia's best, uh, I mean Spider, obviously, Spider's best bet here is to take the risk off the table by not driving at high risk times where possible, by reducing speed when you must drive at those high risk times, and by becoming a better version of yourself behind the wheel with more advanced software that is effectively a countermeasure in a critical situation and not just for kangaroos but maybe you're just driving to the shops one day and a kid comes out from between two cars and all of a sudden it's friggin' dogs and cats living together on the road. You have to make this split-second life-or-death decision and if that was my kid out there in the road I would want every driver to have that special software and just be able to execute the perfect emergency brake and swerve recover manoeuvre.